2: Welcome in to the Arrowhead Addict Victory Party, and a victory it is as the Chiefs clinch the one seed in the AFC and bust out the brooms. The Chiefs sweep the AFC West. What was supposed to be so vaunted, uh, the Chiefs took it down easily. I am Sterling Holmes, joined by Matt Verderam and Mister Verderam. How you fellas doing? Hey
1: everybody, good. Hi Sterling, how you doing?
2: Doing hey, great man. Can't complain. What? I don't know what to do. It's a game where you can't complain.
1: No, you really can't.
3: Like They actually went out and blew the Raiders out and didn't make it difficult and didn't collapse at the end and bring the Raiders back into it. I think if you're the Chiefs, you feel like that's about as well as you could have possibly played going into the playoffs. Like there's no reason to look at that tape and be upset about it. I, they sacked Stidham six times. Chris Jones got to 15 on the season. Uh, Mahomes played a clean game. They ran the ball well. They covered well. I mean, really, it's a it's a game where you really just – I don't think you could say much
2: negatively about it. They went out and they dominated from start to finish. One of my favorite parts was the ring around the rosy. Spectacular. They decided to bust out – the Raiders famously took that trip around Arrowhead, and it looked like the Chiefs yeah. wanted to give that back in the game, running circles around that Raiders' defense. Uh, by the way, is it called a dad" rant? Is that what we're calling it now? Oh, when it your dad
1: yeah, no rant today. <laughs> Ron, Ron Thornhill actually gets a uh, thumbs up from me. I've been uh, yelling at him all year long, and I, I thought he arguably played his uh, best game of the year today. I thought Thornhill played great.
2: Yeah, let's start with the safeties. What do you think of Justin Reed, too? Justin Reed, I think, yep. had a nice game. The whole secondary, I thought, played very, very well. Obviously, it's going to be a play or two you can always pick and choose, but it's one of the toughest positions in football, cornerback, right? The The rules are stacked against you, and this is a young secondary, a lot of new pieces, and they played great up against a great receiving core, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller. What would you guys see?
3: I mean – Look, what else could you ask for? Adams had 43 yards on three catches. Renfro had four catches for 29 yards. Darren Waller had a single catch for 24 yards. None of them found the end zone. They did nothing. Uh, Jacobs had 16 carries for 33 yards. Stidham threw for 135 yards on 21 attempts with a with a pick. Actually, excuse me, these, these numbers, the ESPN's killing me. They didn't update it. Uh, Adams ended up at 73, so there was some garbage time. Renfro had the 63 yards and a touchdown, but again, all that, that was all after the Chiefs were up 31-6. I mean, the game was never close. Stidham tacked on some yards at the end. Ended up with 219, 36 attempts, I mean, 6.1 yards in attempt, touch and a, and a pick. Six sacks. Uh, Jacobs finished with 45 yards on 17 carries. Like, what do you I mean, Realistically, what else could you have asked for defensively? I, I thought the whole game changed. Or I shouldn't say changed, but really accelerated in the Chiefs' favor when the Raiders got down to the goal line in the second quarter. They did not score at fourteen to three, and then the Chiefs went ninety eight yards. That to me was the game. Once that happened, the Raiders were in a hole where Jacobs wasn't gonna be as, as effective. Stidham was gonna to have to come to the forefront. The Chiefs knew that. I, I think it I think that really set the game up for, for disaster for the Raiders for the rest of the game.
2: I want to touch on the defensive line because they were all outstanding. Chris Jones, two and a half sacks. I mean, he was sucking air after that final sack. I didn't think he was even going to get two stidham. He was just out of gas, brought him down. Mike Dana, one of the most underrated players on this Chiefs D line, he gets two sacks. Loft is obviously that sixth sack in seven games. They got pressure with four. I know the Raiders' offensive line, they're not great. This is not breaking news, but ever since, I'd probably say, what, the Bengals game, the past five games or so, this defensive line has really come together. Can they continue this uh, onslaught against a good offensive line?
3: Well, I don't know if they could do it to the extent they did it today where they had six and, you know, we saw the pressure they got against Denver and Seattle. But, I mean, it look, they're a really good front. Like, at this point, you have 55 sacks on the season. You're, you're good. I mean, you're – this is turning into a real force – Jones is ridiculous. I mean, Jones is fifteen sacks. The next person that thinks they should trade him, I, I, I would, I would get into a bare knuckle boxing match with at this point. Dunlap's been good. Clark, hopefully he's okay. Been very good. By the way, shout out to uh, bumper for the super chat. Is Mahomes MVP no, no matter what Burrow or Allen does? Yeah, yeah, I think he is. I, I don't know that there's even a case. This might be unanimous, honestly, at this point. I mean, Hurts didn't play two games. Mahomes' stats are insane. I, I can't see a scenario where he doesn't win the MVP.
2: Yeah, I I think it would be asinine if they choose any other player. Jalen Hurts is the only one that comes close. And I always like to say, you know, the best ability is availability. You missing two games should not help your case. I don't care if you win or lose. The fact that you did not play obviously means you could not help your team win. So there's no case in my mind for Jalen Hurts to be over Mahomes. What Mahomes has done uh, has been a magical season, been outstanding, didn't need the extra game for the 40 touchdown, didn't need the extra game to go over 5,000 yards. He has been phenomenal all season long. As far as the run game, a lot of Ronald Jones, even before garbage time, what did you see from him? Are they going to implement him a little bit into the playoffs, or is this more of a let's just give him involved because he's not been involved all season long? Thoughts.
1: I don't know. I, I'll Excuse me. I'll say one thing. I thought he, he ran really hard like the other couple of uh, backs that they have. I I think that they'll stick with, with pretty much the, the two-back situation that they've had. Um, but I I thought he ran really well. I thought he, uh, you know, maybe made a case for himself if he's not with the Chiefs next year, uh, you know, for somebody else to pick him up. I, I thought he looked pretty good. He played well. I don't think this is all of a sudden going to change –
3: what they want to do going forward. Like I don't think all of a sudden you're going to get rid of uh carries for Pacheco and McKinnon. I just don't. So I will say this. I mean, he played well. Like he certainly quit himself well. And I think, you know what, well, you could tell the guys were really happy for him. Uh he means he sat there and been a, been very patient all year long. 10 carries, 45 yards, a touchdown. I don't think all of a sudden you're going to start seeing Ronald Jones season here. I, I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen. But you know what? Look, I'm glad he got some run. I'm glad he got in the end zone. That that's, you know, it's a well deserved little nod to him. Uh,
2: this is the Arrowhead Addict Victory post-game show sponsored by KC Beer Company. Both verterams putting back the beer over there. I got the KC Beer Co. sign on the wall. What are you fellas drinking over there?
3: Uh, hey, Pilsner. I have, I've got uh, pure pills. Yeah, Hefeweizen.
1: Nice
2: Hefeweizen, very solid. If you guys like wheat beer and you live in Kansas City area, make sure you get the Casey Beer Co. Hefeweizen. Nice banana notes that really shine through. Casey Beer Co. Dare to beer different. The offensive line looked really, really solid for the most part. Max Crosby, I think, had his way a couple times. He's going to get his. We know this. But what did you see going forward? Because I thought Orlando Brown Jr., for the most part, did a nice job in this one. I, mean, I,
3: I thought it was Crosby. The Raiders didn't lay a glove on Mahomes the entire game, which it's not surprising. I mean, uh, of anybody active today, Crosby's the only guy who had two sacks on the Raiders. So Crosby did what Crosby does. They got him singled up a few times. He made a play. Look, Wiley's going to struggle against Max Crosby one on one. I I don't think that's breaking news to anybody. Like, if you're going to put him one on one, it's going to be pain. Okay, there's no Max Crosby going against him here in the playoffs these next handful of games. Unless unless they see the Chargers, in which case you'll see Bosa. Okay, and they're going to have to deal with Bosa and Mac. Um, but if they see Jacksonville, there's no there's no guy like that. I mean, Josh Allen's fine. He's not Max Crosby. The Bengals do not have Max Crosby. Trey, Trey Henderson's a good player. He's not him. Uh, and without Von Miller, the Bills do not have Max Crosby. So I'm not overly concerned about it, but listen, you know, I would like to see them help him a little bit more at times. Uh, Also uh, cheers to uh, Leon uh, Sandcastle, the uh, new uh, ring of member, ring of honor member. Easy for me to say. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate that. That's awesome. And then a super chat from uh, John F. Wacky World. Uh, Thank you a lot, man. Uh, Mr. V. I'm assuming uh, the elder V here Uh, thoughts, I guess, just on the game in general.
1: Hey, uh, you know, 50, uh, been a Chief fan for over 50 years, and after all the uh bad years I've gone through, to watch this team play is just a pleasure. So, uh, really looking forward to the playoffs. Um, I think there's some good signs. I think Orlando Brown, uh, while he's been rough to watch the early part of the season, I think he's cleaned things up quite a bit, especially in the last third of the season. And uh, I think Tony is going to be somebody to look out for in the playoffs. I I have a feeling you're going to see a lot more of uh, Darius Tony come playoff time.
2: Yeah, let me touch on that. And by the way, Anthony, I will get to your super chat in one second. Thank you so much. Uh, I can already tell I'm going to laugh at what you wrote. Uh, But Darius Tony, he's almost turning into a Debo Samuel light, if you will. They're using him in a multitude of, ro- of of roles. You have no idea what he's going to do. They hand it off to him. Uh, a couple of those handoffs were phenomenal, right? J- just a misdirection. He is so explosive. Uh, obviously, those hamstrings will always make me nervous. But what he showcases is upper echelon talent. Do you think we'll start seeing Tony involved more in the run game, even on these misdirections? Or is it going to be still maybe one carry, maybe two, and that's the most we'll see?
3: I think you might see more because I think in the playoffs, that's kind of with Andy when the gloves come off. Like they – how many times have we watched them in a playoff game do stuff they we're like, where the hell is that all y'all? Where, where was that – I mean, because they hold it. They wait they hold it back. And now they have the one seat. So they got two weeks to put in any new wrinkles they want to put in, any tendency breakers they want to put in. Like that snow globe thing that they ran earlier, that, that ridiculous huddle, I was thinking about that as a game was ending. I bet you one of the reasons they did that was so some team now has to prepare for that. They got to now spend time like, okay, that play, how would you defend that? You got to make, I can see them doing that same thing, but instead of this time throwing it back, just running off of it and having everybody waiting for them to throw the ball back. It's like, no, he's not. He's just going to run. You know, I mean, by the way, it has to be said. And then we got to get to Anthony's super chat. It was very nice of him. How disrespectful were the Chiefs to the Raiders today? Like the, the snow globe huddle followed up by Colin Saunders running a little flat route. I mean, the Chiefs basically were like, you're a joke. We're going to smoke you guys no matter what we do. Here it comes. I mean, you know it's bad when Tommy Townsend's dancing off the field, right? I mean, yeah, they were just – the Chiefs basically got up in that game and were like, you guys are done. Have fun. Like, this is it. We're going to have a fun time with this for the next two and a half quarters. It was, uh, it was was pretty, It was pretty in your face. The Chiefs weren't hiding the fact that they had no
2: respect for the Raiders. Well that's what you love to see. It's a rivalry game where the Raiders have not shown a ton of respect in the past to Kansas City. We obviously know about the going around Arrowhead. So it's nice to see the Chiefs. While they didn't do anything dirty, nothing nothing that would would cause a fight or some disruption. It was nice to see them take a little bit of a shot at the loss vegas raiders uh let's get to a couple of super chats one from anthony again thank you so much man nice to see both mr v's and awesome to see the myth of missouri the oldish the oldest 25-ish person i listened to the groupie of golf mr holmes do you think that las vegas couldn't exploit the middle of the field or is the d just better i'm 28 so 25-ish thank you by the way making me feel young i appreciate it i ran a suicide Playing basketball today. Let me tell you, if you want to be humbled, run a suicide. Last time you ran one of those was high school. You'll be out of breath. Uh, but I think at times Las Vegas did take advantage, especially in the first half of the linebackers. We mentioned it: Darius Harris, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr. Uh, they didn't do it as much in the second half, but I think they did a fine job. The linebackers in coverage. What were your guys' thoughts?
3: I thought there were times with the linebackers that they got exposed in, in zone. But I also think, like, that's one thing the Raiders, they have t- they have talent on the outside. The Raiders actually can stretch you with Adams and with, with Renfro underneath and Waller working the seam. You know, I, I guess my thing is, if that's their biggest problem, that's probably a pretty good sign. Like, if their biggest problem is Bolden, and Gay, and Harris and, and zone coverage, like, I'm not going to get that worked up over it. I really think the key for them going forward is this defensive front. If they continue to play like this, I think they win the Super Bowl. Because they the secondary is getting there. Like McDuffie and Sneed and the safeties are playing the best they've played all year long. I don't know with Reed whether it was just a case of new defense. It took a while. He's playing really well. Thornhill, who, let's face it, was basically allergic to making a tackle for three months. I, he looked like Ronnie Lott today. There was one time on, on Jacobs, he ran like a toss to the outside and – Thornhill filled the hole and just crushed him. Like I, I was really surprised at. It. So I think right now with the Chiefs have yeah, the linebackers in coverage sometimes. It's a little bit of a weak spot. But you know what? That's true with most teams. I mean, find me the team that's just unbelievable with their linebackers in coverage. I know people say, well, Milano and Edmonds, Kelsey has torched them in the past. Like I, you're always if you can get a little bit of a of a false step from a linebacker, you're always going to be able to do something in coverage.
2: Uh, thank you again to Anthony. Also, thank you to Jesus Perez. Will Papa V
1: be at the Super Bowl? Are you going to be there? I will be in Arizona, but I will not be at the game. But I will be down there, yes. So probably watching from my hotel room. <laughs> sneak in. Do the old sunny style, <laughs>
2: like, like, the, like the Phillies game. Just sneak in.
3: Find well, the underground the tunnel.
1: While he's sleeping and then, you know, just sneak out. <laughs> that, the door. If you'd like to do the work, that's fine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's fine. I, I, you know, listen. Uh, yeah, no, we'll be down there for whatever it is—seven, eight days, eight nights, seven days. Um, so waiting. Uh, the NFL, in fact, is going through all the credentialing process right now. But waiting here back, assuming nothing radical happens, yeah, be down there, be at the game. You'll be in the hotel room. You can scream and yell. I can't, so I've <laughs> got to be a person and adult,
1: and it's not easy. Hey, as long as the Chiefs are in the game, that would be great. It would be, it would be great to see him again. So. Who do you want them if you had a choice between Buffalo and Cincinnati? If that's who eventually they do see, who would you rather them play in the in the Super Bowl? Or in the title game. In in, in the title game, forgive me. Yes, in the title game. Uh, I almost want to say Bengals.
2: I think the Chiefs have a better I think they have a good chance against either team. But against Cincinnati, there's something of wanting to finally get over that hump against them. They're the only team that you can actually make a case have the Chiefs number. All games have been close. The Chiefs should have won in the playoffs last season. They weren't able to get it done. Just me personally, I want to take that team down. I want to take them down, show them how to make good chili. What the hell is that? Come on. Seriously, put it on pasta? Are you out of your mind? Come on. Buffalo at least has wings. Can't hate on that. Give me Cincy.
3: The the food in Cincinnati is a disgrace. No <laughs> one's arguing this. I, I would rather have the Bills in the game. And it's not because they couldn't beat Buffalo. And I understand to be a neutral site. Like, I understand all that, though. I got to be honest. I think the Bengals right now are just a flat out better team than the Bills. I do. And and part of that is because of the attrition the Bills have had this year. Miller's out for the year, Hyde is out for the year. Obviously, tragically, but thank God he still has a life. De- DeMar Hamlin is, is now on IR. Uh, they're not their third string safety. I think if the Chiefs get the Bills in a game, my honest feeling is I don't think the Bills can get a rush on him. And if they can't get a rush on him, good night. I we saw last year. Uh, and the other side of that is too, the Bengals have a lot of weapons. They got a lot of guys. They can spread you out. They can do and Burrow, you know, Torres A. Shell is a rookie, and you always wonder when a guy's an injury that significant. Like, is he gonna come back and be a little skittish in the pocket? He'll hang right in there. He doesn't kidnap it's all Allen to his credit. But I think with Buffalo, like, you, like they have Davis and they have Knox, and those are good players. But Diggs is like the big guy, and if you stop Diggs, you really limit them with what they can do. Well, like you can stop chasing, Higgins can go for a buck fifty. Like, you know, Boy can go for hundred. Mixon can go. Even P Ryan's a good player. Like I, I would rather see Buffalo. But I think if the Chiefs play their best game, I think they would beat either team. That's the key. They got to play their best game.
1: I'd rather play Buffalo, but I agree with you. I'd rather them beat Cincinnati. So if I knew they were going to win the game, I'd rather they play Cincinnati, but I, I think I'd take Buffalo too. Uh,
2: big shout out to HD Dreaming as well. Thank you so much for the super chat. How worried are you, uh, Verderam, about McCall Hardman? Obviously, he was going to be on a pitch count if he was going to play yep. in this game. Uh, he did not play. That makes me slightly nervous. Sky more with the hand laceration. That's obviously a... Uh, easier to, to to understand why he didn't play. Trying to catch a ball from Mahomes with a hand laceration sounds absolutely miserable. No no, thank you. No thank you. Yeah. But as far as Hardman goes, how concerned are you?
3: Not really in the sense that they, they activated him. He practiced like, now he's got two more weeks. If, it, if they had to play next week, I might be a little concerned because I know that talking to people around the team, they wanted him to play a little bit this week. And I do mean a little bit. We're talking like single-digit snaps. But just to kind of get him back on the flow of the game, but I'm not really worried about it. I'm not. I think – plus now, man, like, what is – if you had to sit there and rank Hardman – and, and I'm not I'm not knocking him. I'm just calling it like I see it. If you had to rank their weapons offensively, running backs, tight ends, receivers,
2: all in a pot, where does he rank? Kelsey, Juju. I'm going Jerick McKinnon at this point. No doubt. I would put him in line with Isaiah Pacheco and maybe okay. in line with MVS behind Kadarius Toney. When Kadarius Toney's healthy, obviously –
3: I'd put him like seventh. Sure. I mean, because I think Pacheco and 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 Tony are more important. Tony is certainly so at this point. MVS, Juju, McKinnon, Kelsey. I think all those guys are more valuable. And that's, again, that's not criticizing Hardman. It just shows how ridiculous they are. Like McCall Hardman on any other team is at worst, even on a really good offense, fourth, fifth option, like he's like the seventh guy. Like it's like, ha- like I think Sky Moore can play receiver. I really do. But and people are always like, well, they got to get them out there. Instead of who, who the hell's he playing over? I mean, at some point you got to. They're not going to allow you to play twelve guys. Like, wh- where are they playing him? And I just think, man, it's so hard to find space on this offense. Like, even people killing MVS all the time, right? It's like seven hundred yards on this offense for MVS is fine. Look how many guys they feed. I mean, McKinnon at ten touchdowns. Like, it's so hard for them to find space. You know, Kelsey ends up on the year with 1,338 yards. Juju has over 900. MVS is 700. They only had Tony for like a quarter of the season, factoring in his injury. Pacheco, Pacheco barely played to start the year and ended the year with 960 yards. Like, they just, it's like, where do you, you even Noah Gray, like, makes a contribution and Fortsman 41 and I, are like, they just have so many guys. Look, I'm all for bringing Hardman back because I do think in the red zone he's valuable, but like, you know, I gotta be honest, I have all the respect in the world for McCall Hardman, but like, if that's your big concern going into the game, like, oh, God, like how many how many snaps is Hardman going to get? That's not a concern. It's just not, a,
2: in my opinion. Uh, thank you guys all for joining us right here. Arrowhead Addict post-game victory so- show as the Chiefs clinch the one seed in the AFC and sweep the AFC West. Harrison Bucker – Looked good in this one. Only one extra point that made you uh, made you clinch up just a little. But Butker and special teams looked really good in this one. Uh, even though I didn't enjoy the fourth and two from the 40 punt, Tommy Townsend pinned him down there on the two-yard line. Townsend had a couple other bombs in this game. This was the best, most complete special teams performance we may have seen all season long. That bodes well going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, they've been a little bit of a train wreck. I mean, the coverage has been good all year. It <laughs> seems uh, they really haven't had to field many. Uh, they, how many punts did they have to field today? Not, not many. many because they're the
3: coffin corner. I think right. one. They, yeah, they think they field one. You know what? I they needed this on special teams today. Yeah. They just needed a normal day where they can go into the playoffs feeling like, like even if they haven't straightened every little thing out, at least they can feel that way. They can feel like, hey, you know what? We we did a good job. We hit all our kicks. You know, we, we had clean snaps and holds and all that. Like, they didn't fumble the ball. There weren't any even near disasters. Like, nobody fumbled it, and then they recovered it. Their coverage was excellent. Townsend, by the way, is the best punter in the NFL. Like, he should absolutely be a first-team all-pro. My God. That punt that he put at the two-yard line, that was, like, 69 yards in the air, and he, and he just pinned it right at the two. It's like one of your golf shots when you check up. Uh, I I was uh, incredibly impressed. It was, it was a very good – look, again – you couldn't have, assuming Clark will be okay here. You could not have a better game to go into the playoffs off of. You could not have one. You had thirty-one points offensively, no turnovers. You had a couple of takeaways. You had six sacks. I think Mahomes was sacked what twice, I believe.
1: Not too many penalties.
3: No five penalties. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, just it was a clean game. It was they didn't. And and you know, sometimes like, even though it's garbage time at the end, if you let up, you feel like you maybe walk off the field defensively a little bit. Like ah, had him at six, gave up twenty-three or. Whatever held them at 13 points. but like they really did a very nice job in the game. I I think if you're the Chiefs, regardless of what phase you're talking about, I think you walk off that field saying that's about as well as we've played all year, that Denver game was a little up and down, the Seahawks game. Like, two of the last three games now, the Chiefs have played very well. Like, very well. And as crazy as it sounds, because we've, we've complained a lot about them, and I'm, I'm at the forefront of that at times, they're 10-1 and one in their last 11 games. I mean – they're 10. The only game they lost is that Bengals game where they beat themselves with Kelsey fumbling the ball and missing a kick and all this other stuff. They're playing really well. And now, you know what? We can all sit back on AFC Wildcard weekend and watch these teams just beat the brakes off each other. And however it shakes, it shakes. And they can sit back. They know they're part of the final eight. And they're going to have that game at home no matter who they're playing. And then look, we'll deal with all the other situations as they arise. If the Chiefs win that game, then they might be in a neutral site. They may be at home. But you know who they're not going to be? The road. They're not going to be on the road. They got to win. They're now they're now in a two game season to get to the Super Bowl. That's it. They've got to win two more games. One of them at home, maybe a second one at home. Worst case, of neutral site. You can't ask for more than this. They are in a perfect position, and now you you go forward. But I think that game was a perfect way to springboard into the postseason. It wasn't one of these games where Stidham went for three hundred and fifty yards. they had to white knuckle it all afternoon. Like they hammered the Raiders. They did their job. And now they move forward.
2: I uh, want to hit a super chat from John Mooney. Thank you, John. Really appreciate it. And Canadian. There we go. Oh, Canada. I love it. Exchange, exchange, right? Bring it on. Yeah. I love seeing the uh, Chiefs fans, not just in Kansas City, not just in Kansas or Missouri, not just in the United States, but around the world. Awesome to see. Uh, he says, I had this team at 11 wins this season, but a first round bye. anything is possible. LFG. D-line coming together. We can hide special teams and stop shooting ourselves in the foot. Anything is possible. Thank you again, John, for that. But, yeah, I mean, this was supposed to be a reloading, like I always said, a reloading season. You You never retool or you retool, you never rebuild when you have Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid, but you can retool, you can reload. They've done that. And just imagine every other team in the AFC West. Imagine every other team in the AFC. This was supposed to be a down year, for Kansas City, and what do they do? They get the first round by. It's just incredible.
3: There were functioning human beings who actually thought they'd finish in last place in the division. Like real human beings who thought that. There were people who were like, well, you know, I'll tell you what, Mahomes not even a top five quarterback without Tyreek. How's that going? So Ty- Tyreek is fighting for his playoff life here to get in with Skylar Thompson. And the Chiefs are sitting there with the one seed. Unless, and, and Tyreek, to be fair. I mean, I'm half kidding. Tyreek's had an incredible year. So it's worked out for both sides, but the Chiefs certainly. No steps back. Uh, they are, they're. I mean, if you look at just today, in a game where, let's face it, the fourth quarter, they weren't even, like, they, they couldn't care any less what they did offensively. They went five and nine on third down. They had 21 first downs total, 349 yards, no turnovers, 6.2 yards per play. The Raiders were only 4.2 yards per play, which is a great number for the offense, or excuse me, for the defense, rather. Uh, the Chiefs ran the ball for 168 yards. There were four or five in the red zone. By the way, of note, and it is of note, the Raiders were only one to three in the red zone today. The Raiders have not been a good team in the red zone all year on offense, but the Chiefs have been dead last on defense, so that's nice to see. I mean, the Chiefs did everything you could have wanted to do, and now, look, you move forward. Somebody asked, by the way, in the chat, um, who who would I like to see them play? Or who do I think, I think, will, will they play in the divisional round? i me to see which question. Uh, who do you think we face? I think you're going to face the winner of the 4-5, which I think will be the Jags and the Chargers. I think that's what's coming, because I think the Bills and the Bengals are going to win their games. So – I don't know, man. I, I'm so torn if it's Jacksonville, because on one hand, like the Chargers are probably the better team, but like they're the Chargers. I get to picture them in that game, like three turnovers and Staley going for fourth and 10 and is on 20. Like it's just, you know, Jacksonville just hanging 50 on him. I, I, I don't know. Like I'll say Jacksonville right now, but I, I think it's going to just be the winner of that game. And I think I think if you're the Chiefs, you'd rather play Jacksonville. But I also think that she should be either one of those two teams.
2: Yeah. I want to point something out that's making me chuckle just a little bit here. I love seeing the trolls in the chat from other teams. You know why? It's because their team isn't good enough. Come on now. They hate us because they ain't us. Thanks for joining, guys. Appreciate it. Bump those numbers up for us. Good job. Uh, when it comes to the Chargers and the Jags, I want to point out, I don't want to face the Chargers. I'd prefer to face – The Jags, even though I love Doug Peterson, he's done a phenomenal job down there. An actual coach, who would have thought an actual coach on an NFL team might make a difference? Who Who would have thought that? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. But the Chargers, as I like to always say, they can change cities. They can change quarterbacks. You can change a head coach. They'll find a way to choke. Mike Williams turns into prime Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss against Kansas City. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. They only allowed Justin Herbert to not throw checkdowns to Austin Eckler against the Chiefs. I don't want to face the Chargers. I just don't want to see it.
3: Yeah, I agree. I saw, by the way, we have another Super Chat. Thanks so much. So let me let me make sure we grab that. Uh, AJ, thank you, dude. Uh, great way to finish the season. Can we get a playoff prediction from both verterams Rams? Uh, yeah, fire away. What is your playoff prediction for the Chiefs?
1: I, I think that they'll make it through to the Super Bowl. I think they're better than the other teams if they play – the way they're capable of playing, Cincinnati scares me the most. Uh, between the two, because their receiving core is just so good. And although I'm very, very confident and have a lot of confidence in the in the young guys on the Chiefs in the secondary, that team and and Burrow just seems, no matter how the game is going, he is just totally unfazed during the game. You just can't shake him in any way, shape, or form. So. But I think the Chiefs, all things being equal, are, are still the best team. But they got to do it.
3: Yeah, and and by the way, uh, Chris, welcome to the chat. Bills fan, you can join the, the ranks of Action Jackson, who's the resident Bills fan. Yes. Um, thank you for being here. I will say this: uh, you said that your team doesn't almost lose to bad teams. Your team lost to Zach Wilson. Like let's let's just calm <laughs> down about about like you know how how great and unflappable the Bills are. Who also last year lost to Urban Meyer, and then this year lost the most ridiculous football game in the world to the Vikings who I understand are 12-4. and The Vikings suck, okay? Like, spare me the whole I can do. The the Bills have lost two hilarious games this season. The Chiefs have lost one. Now, the Chiefs lost to the Bills, but the Bills frittered that advantage away when they lost to Zach Wilson. So spare me the whole, like, oh, the Bills don't... No, like, the Chiefs almost lost to the Texans. The Bills actually lost to Zach Wilson, who is so bad that after two years, and he's a number two pick, the Jets are like, for the love of Christ, get rid of him. Anybody else. Anybody else in the world <laughs> as a core. They're giving me the call next week if they if they somehow uh, go to camp early. Look, I think the Chiefs – I'm in agreement with my dad. I have said all year long, when the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, I think they're the best team in football. I do. I also think the Chiefs have been the most inconsistent of the top three teams because they have these games where they do – turn like Denver last week, right? I mean, just p- mistakes and nonsense, but – in the playoffs they have typically typically had a stretch Oh, chris don't don't defend losing the jets jesus you lost a sack <laughs> stop it
2: stop it uh, come and on the uh, way what, what what do you call an, an almost loss verdram you, you also you were kneeling down not, not only that
3: sir you were kneeling down a win and lost okay like just stop like it's it stop stop it stop it it's like that mj thing like it gets some help right like see, yeah, come on now Chris, I got all the respect in the world for the Bills. You're listening to this podcast, you know that, but come on now. Like, I I, I will say, I think they're the best team when they play turnover-free football. And they have had a history outside of the second half of last AFC title game that in the playoffs, they handle their business. They do. They come out, and they're dominant, and they show things they haven't shown. Like, I thought last year's playoff game with Chris's Bills was the best football game I've ever seen. And I think it was a perfect example of, like, they just – they had 13 seconds. The Bills made one tiny mistake in that game. They, they kicked off. Shouldn't have mattered. You, like, you should still go off the di- – but it did matter. He just immediately was bing, bing, hit the field goal, get the ball, bang, touchdown. I think they'll be in the Super Bowl, and I think if they're there, they're definitely the favorite. But, you know, look, I'll be honest with you. I could also see them losing to the Chargers in the divisional round. I could see them losing the AFC title game to the Bills or the Bengals. I don't think it's any foregone conclusion, but if you said to me would I take the Chiefs or somebody else in the AFC – I would take the Chiefs. They have one less game to play. They're going to have a home game in the divisionals. Worst case, a neutral field in the AFC title game. And I do think that when they are not turning the football over, which has been an issue for them, but if they don't do that, I think they're the best team in and the NFL. And Patrick
1: Mahomes. Yes,
3: who's better than anybody else on the field. On any team in the world, he's probably going to be the unanimous champion.
1: And for all the Bills fans, I, I love the Bills. I really do. I like them a lot. I was with Matt early in the season. I thought going into the season, they were the best team. But Matt and I talked about it, it the day it happened. The loss of Von Miller to them, to me, is, is a huge loss for them. I mean, just an irreplaceable loss because it just – it affects what they really need to beat the chiefs. And that's, that's a really good pass rush. And I I think their pass rush without him is, is average at best. He
2: he must've turned the, uh, the game off last year when there was about 13 seconds left in that one. Uh, Also (laughs) shout out to Leon Sandcastle for the donation. Appreciate it, man. Uh, That's very, very kind to you. Uh, I want to bring something up to you guys. This is a a good question from Keith uh, Bulo. They bring it up on the chat all the time, or at least on the, uh, the TV the Chiefs, best team, NFL on third and tens, worst team on third and ones. How concerned are you guys on these third and fourth down short yarded situations? They refuse to do a QB sneak, obviously, from the Mahomes situation um, from a few seasons ago. Are you guys concerned with their struggles on those third and fourth down short yarded situations? Hello,
3: Kadarius Tony, and hello, Nicole Hardman, who I think are going to
2: be getting a lot of jet sweeps and tight
3: formations on third. That I'm not that concerned about it. Like every team has their weirdness, you know. I I got to be honest. In this, in today's day and age, I'm glad they're better on third and longs, you know, because that to me is is evidence of you can get the big play, you can strike quickly. I I mean, look, it's 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 a problem, but I think in the playoffs they'll do what they have to do. Like they'll just be creative enough to pick it up. I could be wrong. We could see son of a bitch that play with Blake Bell in the playoffs where they're running short side, which almost made me climb up on the roof. Okay. But I mean, I would hope that that play has been burned forever um, and they have some better stuff. I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. I'm not saying it's a non-issue, but I don't think it's like something I'm really freaking out over. The
1: thing that, that concerns me a little bit is more on the second down in short, which a lot of times leads to the third down in short, because instead of running the ball and, for those of you who can see me, I'm not 25. I'm kind of like, you know, the run-the-ball-first uh, old-fashioned NFL guy, um, especially the way Pacheco runs and how hard he runs the ball. And with the line that they have on on second and three or less, I I know Andy doesn't do it. I really would like to see him pound the ball more in those situations.
2: Super chat from Anthony. Thank you again, man. Very generous. Um I honestly believe that we could walk off with the Lombardi if we can defend the middle of the gridiron, Mr. V. Senior. How do you think that our linebacking squad as a whole so far is growing
1: with the games in the years? I like the way Chanel's starting to play. I mean, he's not in there. Uh, I don't know how many snaps he played today. Mostly rundowns, you no, know, first and second. But he's, he's improving. Um, I know Matt talks about it all the time. I really wish they'd leave Willie Gay in on third downs. I really take he taken him off the field because he's just so athletic. And again, you know, as per Matt, sometimes his tackling leaves a little bit to be desired. I'd like to see him in there as opposed to ha- having Harris in there. I love Nick Bolton. I think Nick Bolton at times is just, just a force out there. So uh, for, for, a, a you know, a, a squad that, that was lacking for the chiefs for a long time, as far as linebacker was concerned, I, I think they have a good crew that can just, you know, grow over time. So,
3: By the way, just to add, and I, I agree with my dad, Nick Bolton now for the season finished with 180 tackles. That's yeah, ridiculous. 180 tackles. I mean, that that's impossible. Like, and I, I get it. Like the middle linebackers going to make the most 108 of them solo. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy who just is all over the field all the time. The 180 tackles. And also, and somebody brought this up last week in the chat. I mean, it was two weeks ago. With Jarius Sneed, with Jarius Sneed this year, he had three tackles today. He finishes with 108 tackles as a corner. Three and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, one recovery, three picks, 11 passes defense, and four and a half stuffs at the line of scrimmage. I mean, you find me a more versatile guy in the NFL in defense than that. That's incredible. If he played for the Raiders today, he would have been the second leading sacker. Like, three and a half sacks for a corner, I, and I agree with Tony, crazy no Pro Bowl. Just, listen, I'm not. I'm not trying to, like, Take take any kind of anything away from anybody. He should have made the Pro Bowl over a guy like Orlando Brown. Now, there's a lot of good corners in the AFC. I respect that. The Chiefs have not paid corners under Brett Veach. I mean, they haven't really had a guy you'd pay a fortune. I know they, they tried to keep Trevarius Ward, that I can tell you, but they just they couldn't match the Niners. Well, Jarius Sneed needs to get an offseason extension. Like, don't screw around. Don't waste time. Give that guy four and 60. Give him four and 65. Like, he is that kind of a player. And when you start traveling with the best guy, now you're real. Like, now you're talking about like you're in an elite corner. And he did a hell of a job today. I thought he was hurt early in the game with that hip. You could tell he was fighting through it. Played his ass off. Did a nice
2: job. Uh, I got to point something out before I talk more about Legarius. Uh, Jesus Perez says Sterling Holmes didn't like the uh, Bolton pick when they drafted him. Uh, you must have me confused, my guy. I am, I'm wearing a Nick Bolton jersey. And unless you're being facetious, then I will, I will agree with you. If you're being facetious, Dog, I love Nick Bolton. I went to Mizzou. I'm a massive Mizzou guy. Huge Nick Bolton fan. I was screaming from the rooftops when they drafted Nick Bolton. You may have me confused with someone else. Uh, when it comes to Legarius Sneed, is there any chance he makes an All-Pro? Because Legarius Sneed, we know about Pro Bowls. It's a popularity contest. He's not the most popular name, not the most common guy right he's just not the most out there personality at corner very goes about his business gets his gets the job done but those stats that you just mentioned the versatility that he brings any chance we can see him at getting an all pro nod this season
3: it's possible i think it's unlikely like it's so hard to be an all pro man like you know like kelsey doing it every year is insane it's insane i mean i you know, by the way, yeah, we see somebody says every time my dad takes a sip of beer, they're taking shots. You you just keep sipping beers because I want to see that person inebriated. Um, look, <laughs> I, I mean, I think for the All Pros, for the Chiefs, Mahomes is going to be a first team All Pro. Jones is a first team All Pro. Kelsey's first team All Pro. Whether it's first or second, Townsend's going to be an All Pro this year. They, one of their interior alignment, whether it be Tooney or or Humphrey, might be one of those guys. Might be she probably should be both of them might be. That probably, I think, covers it for them. I don't know. I mean, does Bolton get it? Is Bolton the second-team All-Pros and middle linebacker? I mean, 180 tackles. It to be close. Uh, but, like, they – I think it's got to be said, just to dovetail for a second, their draft class, again, is just so good. Like, you look at their draft class. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh-round pick. Jalen Watson was a seventh-round pick. Williams was a fourth-round pick, who we did not see a lot of today, by the way. You saw Watson. Uh, McDuffie, Carl Loftus. I mean, it looks like they hit with both of those picks. Cook is has played well. Uh, we'll see with more Chenal's playing well as a third round pick. I mean, up and down the draft board, all this, and this on the heels of a year where they took Humphrey, Bolton, and, and Smith. Like, that's how you sustain a great team for a long time when you're just drafting like that year in, year out. And that, and then, of course, before that, they drafted Gay and they drafted Snead. I mean, you just you stack guy after guy after, I mean all those guys I just mentioned—they're all draft picks. The last three seasons, uh, I mean that—that's how you dominate. And by the way, they have ten picks this upcoming season. I mean, that's just it's a tremendous amount of ammunition. And it's a great job by Veach, and it's why they're as good as they are. It's why they went fourteen three this year because those kids stepped up and played really well. If they have a mid- middling draft class, they're probably the three seed but they had a great draft class and here they are
2: 14 and three let's get to a couple of super chats thank you again to leon sandcastle over under how are cheese fans doing at the vegas strip clubs tonight i don't know what the over under is he, he may be doing a little little booze in his own right uh but what we guys say Cheese fans doing all right at the vegas strip clubs tonight They're doing better than raiders fans <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> By the way, were there Raiders fans at that game? I was going to say, like, if it's anything like the game, there'll be more Chief fans there than there were Raider fans. That's for sure. Maybe
3: the Raiders fans yeah. were there during the game, just just drinking. I, I mean, I, they, when they showed the crowd in the opening show, I was like, oh my God, like it's going to be 80%. It was incredible the amount of red there.
2: <laughs> I'll also say, in the words of Pac Man Jones, it ain't no sin to go to no script club. It ain't no sin to go to no script club. <laughs> Pac Man Jones, that quote, is one of my favorite. Quotes of all time. Goodell wanted me to not go to the, to the script club. So what did I do? Went to the strip club. Uh, Let's go and hit on the super chat from AJ Figueroa. Thank you again. Uh, He asked Matt because of the DeMar Hamlin story. Do you think it's more likely the bills steamroll everyone they see or can't function because of what they all saw mid game? I don't think it's going to impact on the field. Like I
3: think that will certainly be a rallying cry and a point, but I, I think, you know, a lot of it, man, it's just, I think a lot of that stuff's overblown come game time. Like you got to execute, you know, you got to, you got to be able to handle what the other team is throwing at you. You've got to have a good game plan. And I don't think, I, you know, I don't think there's going to be a point in the game where on third and eight, you know, they're thinking about tomorrow, because it can't be, it can't be, they've got to be thinking about the game. They've got to be thinking about that, that moment. I think that this week it might play a little bit more of a factor because it's so fresh and there's been so many emotions I don't know. There's a there's a one hand man. It's an impossible thing to answer because you don't know. On one hand, I can see the Bills just being mentally exhausted for this game on Sunday. I can just see it being a thing where they're so thankful their guys all right, and they're just you know at first it was so touch and go. You don't know what's gonna happen. Like they could just be to a point where they almost need like a break. On the other hand, maybe they come out and they're just high as a kite, man, because it looks like tomorrow's gonna be okay, and maybe. Maybe it's one of those things where they come out and say, we're going to play this game for DeMar Hamlin and we're going to kick New England up and down the field. I don't know. I think every man and every, every person responds differently to that. It's so hard to say what's going to happen.
2: One thing I want to ask you, and you brought it up, Jalen Watson was playing more than Joshua Williams. Williams had gone on a cold stretch. He's been a little up and down, but I think Watson, you've made the case, has been up and down as well. Obviously, Jalen Watson had the, uh, the massive pick six against the Chargers, won that game, and, and that was the highlight. And then it was a little little downhill. And then Joshua Williams was really up here, going a little downhill. I think Watson played fine in this one. Who is going to get more snaps in the playoffs, or is it going to be kind of a feel situation, a game-by-game take it as you will.
1: It probably depend on the matchup I would think. You know, I like both. I think if you're playing against a team like Cincinnati with those big receivers, uh while they're both decent sized corners, I I think Williams uh I think Williams has actually played really well when he's been in there. I mean, a couple of times when he has gotten beat a lot of times it's not because he's been out of position. It's been either a great catch or a great throw. Um I feel comfortable with with either one, to be honest with you, depending on what the matchup is. I think you might see more Watson because
3: he's not taking the penalties. I, I And I, I thought you know he played well today. Like he got an opportunity and he played well. But I also think it's going to be one of those things. They're going to ride the hot hand. Like if Watson struggles early in the game, I could see them going to Williams. But I think what really is the big development. They never, ever have done this with Spagnuolo, ever. They're traveling their top corner now. He is going with the number, number one guy. That, this is not just a one-off thing now. This is happening over and over and over. And Snead's done the job, man. He really has. Like He's done a good job against Lockett. He's done a good job against Devontae Adams. He did a good job against Mike Williams. I think you're going to see him on Diggs, and you're going to see him on Chase. I, I think you're going to see him on Mike Williams again. I think they'll probably put McDuffie on on Allen. And by the way, that's a huge thing. is The versatility of McDuffie and Sneed. you can move guys all over the field now. That really – like now the Chiefs can play to their advantage more than just kind of having it dictated to them. I don't think it's a coincidence that when McDuffie came back, the pass defense got a lot better. I also don't think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden, with this front playing really well, like now you're really seeing it roll. Right? Like, Karloff's just getting a sack of the game. Chris Jones is 15 freaking sacks. I mean, they are just – they are causing a lot of problems. And defensively, if you go look, their yards per play against has been really, really good – here recently, which I think is a stat that probably tells the story more than anything else. And, like, you can always have a little wonkiness now. You can on any stat. But, you know, today, you know, they gave up 4.2. And for the record, like, five and a half is about average. Today was 4.2. The Broncos last week – Now the Broncos, we understand, stink. 4.7. Okay, Seattle, who actually does have a good defense, their, their yards per play, 4.6. I'm just trying to get to the Texans. I know the Texans, that was not a high number either. The Texans were at 3.8. Uh, the Chiefs were undone there by uh, penalties and, and Carl Sheffers being a person and everything else. Uh, Denver the first time. Denver's yards per play, 4.6. I mean, we're, I'm going all the way back. We we have not seen a team gain five yards per play against the Chiefs since Cincinnati when they and the Chiefs in that game both hit 6.5. So the Chiefs' defense over the last month has been really good. Now, it's not phase grade offenses. Seattle's decent. The Raiders are decent even with Stedham, but they've been, I mean, those numbers are like top of the league numbers. Can they continue that here into the playoffs or anything near it?
2: Yeah. And I will also point out it's the NFL. This is not college football where it's Alabama going up against uh, some tiny school, right? Against Bucknell. We're, we're talking about NFL teams going up against NFL teams. Yes, some might not be as potent offensively as others, but you're still facing top-end talent. Uh, a couple of Super Chats to get to, one from Fossey. Uh, thank you again. Uh, AFC is the Chiefs to win if they play Philly in the Super Bowl with the healthy Hurts. How do the Chiefs match up against them?
3: I think the Eagles would be their biggest challenge um, because of the running capability of Hurts. Because of that offensive line, although Lane Johnson is a huge question mark. If he's not right, that is a totally different offense. I think the Chiefs would light them up like a Christmas tree down the middle of the field. That I do think. I think the Chiefs would would really go after the middle of their defense with a lot of success. I mean, look, man, I'd pick Kansas City. Like, they have Mahomes. They have Mahomes. And I, I, I think the Eagles, though, are the one team. The Niners, I respect the hell out of. They wouldn't be easy either. I think if the Chiefs somehow saw anybody else, they'd absolutely destroy anybody else. The Niners and the Eagles, I think it would be a real game. And I think that's probably who they'd face if they got there, one of those teams.
2: Yeah, the Eagles are the most complete team probably in the NFL from defense perspective as well as the offensive weapons. Uh, Jalen Hurts being injured obviously is not ideal for them, but they feel like the best team overall in the NFC. Uh, thank you again to John Mooney. Team health, go. I, I assume you're meaning an update on the team health, or you're saying, yay, the Chiefs team health is looking pretty good. Either way, uh, yes, uh, slightly nervous about Hartman didn't play in this one. Uh, Joe Tooney, nice to see him back. Harrison Butker, uh, let's let's talk about him just for one second. Harrison Butker played in this game. Matthew Wright was the first kicker on the field in pregame warmups. Uh, it looked like they were going to go with Matthew Wright, then Harrison Butker ended up coming out, and he got the nod, obviously made all of his kicks, looked solid, what is your perspective and your trust level with Harrison Butker heading into the playoffs?
1: i think take this one. He's been so good for them in the clutch in the past. I, I would feel, I would feel confident with him. Um, he's been a little shaky over 40 yards this year. Uh, he was good today with the one that he had, but all I can go by is past performances in the playoffs and he's always been nails then. So I would still feel uh pretty good as long as he's healthy. I mean, obviously, but that's the one thing. As long as he doesn't have any problems with his back or, uh, you know, any other injuries, I I think he'll get the job done. By uh, the Jags and Titans are kicking off right now.
3: I feel like on one hand, I'd be confident because of his history, and on the other hand, I would be absolutely terrified to, the, to, my, to my core. I'm more worried about him kicking an extra point than I am a field goal to win the game. Like, I, I know it sounds weird. If you said to me, more confidence, hitting on on three of three extra points or a 56-yarder to send them to the Super Bowl. I, I wouldn't even blink at the 56-yarder, but he's going to hit that. He just is. He's going to hit it right down the middle. He's always been a great clutch kicker, but they do scare the hell out of me on these extra points and whatnot. So, look, I feel like ultimately you ride with him. I mean, he's been a great kicker for a long time. Like, you believe in him. I was encouraged today. He looks strong, some touchbacks, really boom those extra points and field goals. So, yeah, I think I think overall, like, I, I feel confident in him. I, am I nervous? Yes. But do I also believe he's the kind of kicker who could go and not miss a kick the
2: whole playoffs? Yeah, he is. So there are too many guys I'd rather have. Let's put it that way. Uh, everyone listening to the Arrowhead Addict Victory post-game show will be here with just a couple more minutes as the Titans and Jags have kicked off. Want to get to A.J. Figueroa's Super Chat. Thank you again, man. I am sure – I'm completely butchering your last name, so I apologize. But thank you, AJ. He's a Figarelli, good question you, here.
3: You, you teach you how to read it, Mizzou? Well, what did I say? Uh, it figure out. Maybe maybe it's because I'm Italian. I don't know. I'm assuming that's hey,
2: hey, okay, Vertoram. And that gives me a question when I ask your dad after this, okay? Start He's sweating, talking. pal. there's no shame at this point. Go ahead. How do you feel if the Chiefs play the Bills in the AFC Championship game uh, on a neutral site, not at the annual Arrowhead Invitational. Fine. I feel fine. I, I think the advantage of the one seed, and I can I
3: can genuinely say I have felt this way for about a month. The biggest advantage is that they don't have to play the Bills on the Bengals. Don't have to play them both. Uh, now look, they could lose. I mean, they could lose to the Chargers or the Jags or something. But like, they're, they're guaranteed to not have to see involved. The second advantage I think is they get a bye week. I mean, I think the Chiefs sort of absolutely pasted the Dolphins or the Pats or the Steelers. But like. What if somebody gets hurt? Like, what if somebody sprains a knee and they're out for the next game? You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You have to worry about any of that stuff now. So, I thought the third advantage would be having the AC title game or at home or having home field advantage. Would I love to have it at our head? Sure, absolutely. But I I don't think, like, if if they put that game in, like, Pittsburgh or something, what the Chiefs can't go there in a neutral field and beat them? I mean, of course they can. I think the biggest thing would have been having to go to Buffalo, which would have been a madhouse. I have to go to Buffalo now. And both fan bases will travel, so I think it'll probably be about a 50-50 split. No, I I think it makes it a touch tougher, but I don't think it's that big of a deal.
2: Uh, and also, I see our producer Richard is ripping into me for my pronunciation of his last name. So thanks, guys. I appreciate just No, no, fuck me, right? Yeah, no, I'm I'm wrong. wrong. I'm wrong. No, I get it. Uh, and by the way, my my question is, why does your dad have this accent like you have? It seems like yours is a fake accent. Um <laughs> You know, are you trying to pose and act like you're from New York and really you're from Boston? Uh, I'm just trying to figure this out right here.
1: No, he he is from New York. That I can I can vouch. So maybe maybe I had a uh, New York brogue for a while. Maybe I've lost it over age. I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, you were from Jersey, technically, so maybe. I was from Jersey, so maybe I should have the Sopranos accent. I, there I we go. Know, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know
3: what the reasoning is. I, I mean, I, I spent a ton of time around my grandparents who were from the city I, as a kid. I, I don't know. That could be. I have no idea where I picked that up from, but um, it could be worse. It could be. I can think of a lot of accents that are worse. So, you know what's good? In the beginning of my career, it helped me because people always remembered me because of my accent. Like, if I did a radio spot, They'd, they'd, you know, we bring him on. He has a New York accent. And the people that actually introduced me like with that occasionally, so that helped. It, it made people remember me, that and the fact they couldn't pronounce my last name.
2: Uh, your last name is actually easy, Verderam. Not only yes. that, you've actually been on my show early on in the radio show, and we actually play a game called Is Verderam Actually New York, or is it just a poser accent, which is one of my yes. favorite things to do.
3: Yeah, it, It's, it's fun. Good. No, I, I mean, wouldn't it be great if you found out one day I was actually from, like, New Hampshire? <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, that's should,
2: I should have done it. that. What would a have a great state, game. by the way, New Hampshire? And what about not Delaware? Not Delaware. Delaware's right. caption is "We're the first state." There's 49 better. We learned like that should be <laughs> Delaware's catchphrase.
3: The only time I've ever been to Delaware is literally driving through it on the turnpike. Like that's that's, that's yeah. it. Like that's yeah, just amazing. 15 minute drive through it. And I went to uh, we we should get to earning our our heads next year. But I drove. I drove from New York to Myrtle Beach once to see a friend of mine after after school. And so when I was on my way to see her, it was probably like a 13-hour drive. And I just, for fun, was bored. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a picture of every state as I drive through it. But like with the idea that like I'm characterizing like the essence of the state. <laughs> so New York, I think I took a picture of like whatever it was, like the GW Bridge or something. Or maybe it was like the Tapas. I can't remember what it was. And I took a picture of like on the turnpike in Jersey and post it. And I got to Delaware, and I just posted a picture of, like, a, a guardrail. I, like, I, like, I have no idea what to talk about with this state. Uh, and I think I did it right. I think I got the essence.
1: Well, also, it's about a 10-minute a, a ride to get through Delaware. No, there's nothing. I mean, literally. I mean, you're through Delaware in about 10 minutes. So. An absolute hole. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right, let's get to two uh, super chats before we get into our earning our arrowheads. Uh, Anthony, again, thank you guys for being so generous. Watson and Gray are a difference. Yeah, Justin Watson, obviously, that first catch of the game was just a massive bomb. He's been a little inconsistent in recent weeks, but nice seeing him not losing the trust of Andy Reid as well as Patrick Mahomes and Noah Gray. Uh, I think he's improved just as the season's gone on, especially in his blocking ability. That was going to be the uh, key for him getting on the field because his his, his blocking ability was not ideal, uh, but it has progressed nicely, and we're starting to see a little bit more play from Noah Gray. And then Oldsters Overland. Thank you for the super chat. That's very, very kind of you. Really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for the nice words as well. Love this podcast and everyone on it. Even Dad grew up in KC in the '90s. Definitely not taking this era for granted.
3: All right, so let's let's uh, wrap her because we're at an
2: hour and the game is going. Who who's uh, who's got your hour heads? Oh, come on! Uh, I will go with Chris Jones. On the defensive side of the ball, because Chris Jones was an absolute difference maker. He he really ended the game in this one as well. Not only did he end the game against Seattle with the final two plays of the game, for all purposes, he ended this one as well. Two and a half sacks. Dude was everywhere. Uh, the Chiefs did a great job lining him up against the worst offensive lineman for the Raiders. And the Raiders decided, yeah, let's have him go one-on-one. And Chris Jones good. just took advantage. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I'm gonna go with Jarek McKinnon because Jarek McKinnon has been a game changer ever since about this what the second half of the season on. He's really stepped up. Nine receiving touchdowns. Uh was it a receiving touchdown? What seven receiving touchdowns the last five games? It's just absurd. Yep. Jarek McKinnon gets my offensive arrowhead.
3: I uh I think that's fair. I've got I guess I've guess I've got to go. Uh you know, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ronald Jones. We get the third generation of Herder in here. I'm going to go Ronald Jones. I think he just deserves it just for being patient um, and having a nice game today. And I'm going to go with Carl Oftis, man. Another sack. and Another fumble recovery. Played really, really, really well. Macy, who do you think the best player in the Chiefs is? Patrick
1: Mahomes. Okay,
3: so he gets her arrowhead. Um, <laughs> and Dad, who you got?
1: Uh, on the defense, um, maybe copping out a little bit, but I thought the entire defensive line was just Terrific! I mean, they all had contributions, be it sacks or Dunlop again, knocking balls down. Uh, they just wreaked havoc today. And I will round out the backfield with Pacheco. I think that kid runs as hard as anybody I've ever seen. And uh, I just, I hope they keep feeding him the ball. Uh, I mean, the, the kid really, really runs hard. And he had a nice run there near the end of the game and, and throughout the game. So
2: Also, Kadarius Toney. As well as Chad Henney. Drunk off Henney. Those handoffs were just outstanding. You can't teach that. You can't teach that.
3: <laughs> Chad Henney will forever have a place with the Chiefs because yes. of that that game against Cleveland. Yeah.
2: As he should. He, he should, should absolutely I mean I'll never forget watching
3: that play. And when they snapped that ball, you want to talk about having a heart attack. I was like, oh my God, what are they doing? And then it was one of those things like when he threw the ball, you're like, oh, just don't drop it. <laughs> but yes, Chad Henney. All right, so let's wrap. So we got. Today, getting the job. And by the way, uh, we waited an hour to do this, but uh, Patrick Allen, uh, not here with us because he wasn't feeling well. He was under the weather. Hopefully, he feels better. Uh, he wasn't the chat, though. So I think maybe he's just skipping out on work. <laughs> and then Matt Connor is actually doing his job. And like Sterling and I, he's, he's, doing the, uh, he's, he's running the site. Sterling and I are sitting there talking like dopes, getting paid. Um, so this coming week, we're going to have all the shows we normally have, same schedule. It's no Chiefs game by week. By week. So we can sit here. We'll preview the AC playoffs. We'll talk, you know, kind of wrap up the, the season. We'll look forward. We'll do all that stuff. Uh, by the way, totally not thing, but Sean McVay, there's talk that uh, he might be coaching his last game for the Rams tomorrow. So uh, his status is in a limbo, according to Adam Schefter. And I'm not going to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy for a second. If you've been reading Stack in the Box, I've been writing for a month that this might be the end of Sean McVay. And Sterling and I have been talking about this on Stack in the Box podcast for a month. We've been talking about this. So if you've been listening... Maybe Schefter's been listening. No, I'm just kidding. Schefter, obviously, <laughs> beyond a approach. But, um, uh, wow, huh. uh, uh, <laughs> Adam's a good dude, and Adam is the GOAT. Uh, but, uh, so I just kidding. But no, we, we've been talking about the fact this might be it. Like, you know, he, he was somebody who almost was gone after last season and had a tough year. And Liam Cohen, who's one of his best friends and an offensive coordinator, it's been rumored he might go back to Kentucky for the OC job. Every antenna in the world that I have went up when Liam Cohen was talking about maybe going back. You're not going to take the University of Kentucky offensive coordinator job if you're safe with the Rams job, and McVay's not firing Liam Cohen. So something was up. Something's been up for a while, and now it's coming up. But if you read the column, damn it, read the column, listen to our podcast, Stack the Box, you've known this for a month. You've known this for a month. Pay attention. So, But uh, in all seriousness, good reporting by Chef that also nailed down, like, no, it's not just – you know me connecting dots or something maybe other people connecting. like this is a real he might be it might be done at this game.
2: well thank you guys so much for listening to the Arrowhead Addict podcast this was the victory Arrowhead Addict podcast Chiefs clinched the one seed swept the AFC West we'll be back like Vertoram said all week long for Mr. Vertoram for Matt Vertoram I am Sterling Holmes we are out
1: you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com. Code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.